Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dave Hanratty and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 324 of the No Encore Music Podcast. I'm back. I'm not better than ever, but I'm back. I'm here. I was here last week as well. How's it going? Craig Fitzpatrick. Hello. Yes, the, the grit remains. The grit, I said, not the git. Um, you're still sounding husky. You're on the road to recovery. A fainter line, COVID-wise, today. You're yeah, feeling sharper. Yeah, how, how have you been getting I'm, on the past week? T- tell us, because we haven't actually been talking that much. No, we haven't. Craig and I have a, have a new rule now where we don't talk to each other anymore, Save apart from for the purposes of the podcast. The truth is, we're not very close friends. I think it's no, time to just tell everyone the actual horrible truth. It's a cold truth relationship. Stage. It's a business it's transa- tough, yeah. transactional, I'd say, is probably the term, right? Functional, mechanical. Yeah. I None of us want to give up the show, is the thing. And <laughs> we can't seem to come to any kind of compact with regards to who should take it over. So as a result, the loveless yeah, marriage... We're essentially no Mick Jagger and Keith Richards circa 1992. So we're going to lumber yeah. on for another 30 years. We've gone from being uh, Mick Jagger and David Bowie to unfortunately being <laughs> uh, Craig's comparison there. Those so were yeah, just rumours. But... I, to be fair, I've listened back to some episodes and I don't think you could tell when it happened. I think we've done a very good job of covering this up oh, yeah. for the yeah. listener. Yeah. So. But getting in the um, Adam, the kind of external script writers has certainly helped. Do you know what I mean? Not having yeah, to actually, actually Adam, Adam, I, I'm actually not comfortable with, with people knowing this information. Can you just edit all this out, please? Thanks very much, man. Appreciate it. And in the meantime, um, how am I doing COVID-wise? It's leveling out, yeah. Um uh, it's like fucking day nine now, I think, and the antigen tests are starting to finally look a little bit fainter. I don't know mm. if that's going to be a thing, though. Like, is that going to be there forever? Or when, when is it going to give me the, the, the positive red line of There will of be a day, a glorious day, very soon. 
Okay. Um, as for my symptoms, yeah, had a rough few days, nothing too severe, enough to be like, there was a moment, there was a couple moments there like last weekend when my eyes suddenly became so sensitive to light, I was like a character in a fucking Anne Rice novel, but like, you know, apart from that, like Nothing general kind of aches and pains. Well, you were saying headaches. you lost yeah, your exactly, yeah. s- your sense of taste and smell, right? Which was like... I did, yeah. That's the worry. Yeah, I did, yeah. It, now, is that past that was, tense that or are we grim. still dealing with that? It's not as bad as it was. There was okay, one day in particular when I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, right. that's gone. Like someone who just turned the faders down on my fucking senses. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, to be honest, like, I mean, like, it's, it's mostly been fine. It's mostly been an irritation. And I feel like in that regard... Especially, not to get all weirdly serious on this podcast, but especially on a day when the fucking World Health Organization said that 15 million people have died from COVID, you know, me being a bit put out for like 10 days or whatever it's going to be, fine, cool, no problem. Hopefully there's no long-term impact because that would be upsetting. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It happened. And I've mostly been in my room being sensible and watching lots of bad films, playing lots of Elden Ring, great game, and preparing, of course, for this podcast. What yeah. are we doing this week, Craig? And also, Aaron's how have you good. been? Are you good? Yeah, I'm not too bad, man. I'm still riding the high of um, getting Wordle in a single word yesterday. That was big. <laughs> I thought I'd say that on the pod, seeing as my only previous reference to Wordle was the utter shame of not getting it on the train and looking around me and being like, fuck. So yeah, that, mm. was, that was big for me. Um a week of accomplishments that followed my uh, bronze medal in my workplace sports day uh, sack race. So yeah, I'm riding high, dude. It sound like it. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I don't play that game. I don't play no games. The only games I play are top fives. And top five on this episode, no encore. Top five worst band names, act names. I think we're going to call it worst names in music because like, it is all encompassing. Yeah. And I know that we've taken two different approaches to this one. But yeah, that's later in the show. Before then, uh, we'll be reviewing an album. We'll be reviewing the album from uh, Let's Eat Grandma. They may Where have did we get the dog from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they may have inspired us on the worst name front, but will they uninspire us on the worst album front? We'll find it later in the show. <laughs> Hopefully it's good. We spent the week listening to it. Um, and of course, all the news coming as well. But before that, real quick, Patreon. Patreon.com slash noencore if you want to support the show. Uh, it's up to you to do that. The only thing we would ask you to do, demand rather, is just tell people about the show's existence generally. Recommend it to a friend, to the postman, to the milkman, to anyone who comes by and talks to you. Rude census people. I had a rude census person come to the house, gave me a bit of grief. How fucking dare you? Now, hold on a second. Why were you getting grief? Um... Because so, I will say my sister is a census person. <laughs> she's been is doing that right? it and she's having the, I, I'm not sure how much I can disclose, but she's been having the worst time just in terms of people are awful. Like they don't, okay, they, okay. They, they didn't fill out the forms. I'm sure that wasn't your yeah, issue, but yeah. um, just well, incredible <laughs> amounts of like spending weeks saying, will I call you now? And then I'm being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, no, uh, to be fair, you, you are giving me the alternative perspective here and that is totally fair. And obviously we all know that Martha Fitzpatrick is an absolute hero of a human being and shouldn't be in any kind of situation that uh, affronts her. So, well, all I will say is that like it was on, fuck, it was the weekend, I think it was like Saturday or something and this guy calls to the house you have to understand that my, my housemate is like a night owl, so he kind of sleeps all day. Um, and like a Corona had, song, is it? Over yeah, there? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm living with Danny from the Coronas. Um, so essentially, uh, <laughs> um, he he had the form. I didn't have it, and I actually, to be fair, I hadn't filled out my part of it. But that took like two minutes when I finally did it. I just didn't know where the fucking thing was. And he's sleeping, so I didn't want to bother him. So doorbell rings, I go downstairs, mask on, because I'm sensible and nice and responsible. Yeah. And I don't want to infect anybody. 
answer the door and there's this fucking top man out outside and he's all like hey census is it and i'm like oh yeah hang on and i was like oh no the form isn't there i don't know where it is and i just said to him i said sorry man i don't know where the form is i don't have it and he looked at me like i'd just broken up with him and he basically just said like what and i was like yeah sorry then essentially there was a weird moment when he said oh this is like the third time uh, i'm gonna have to escalate this and oh, i went wow. okay <laughs> i said off you go then i suppose um and he's like where's your housemate and i said i don't know he's not here he's at work and then he was like can you text him and i went no and then he said like oh i'll come back in 10 minutes and i said i'm not gonna have the form in 10 minutes i don't have it now this isn't like so it got really touchy and i got really touchy back with him and i'm not normally like this but i was just like and at one stage i went i've got covid mate like, I just said it flat out. Like, I know you do too, all right? Yeah, just to take off like, your mask. <laughs> which is me. <laughs> and I spew it at him like a Mortal Kombat character. No, I was just like, <laughs> David wins. Flawless victory. No, so essentially I was just like, right. I was getting a bit touchy with him. And then he said, um, I said, can you come back? I was like, can you come back next week? Um, I said, can you come back tomorrow? And he goes, I'll be in Donegal tomorrow. And I was like, okay, right. Um, and he said, I'll come back on Monday. And I was like, okay, yeah, grand. And at one stage he said, uh, he goes, oh, your housemate. He goes, he's the bald fella, is he? And I went, yeah, that's his name. And I, and I closed the door and I told him to feel better because I was just so wound up. And I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I got the insult wrong. What matters is my tone of voice let him know that he was, that I was unimpressed. So he came back two days later. I'd filled it out this time. I come downstairs and the fucking asshole goes, how's the COVID? You son of a bitch. How oh. dare you? So he got the census form in the end, and I signed it. I was like, do you got, he's like, I need your signature. And I was like, do you have a pen? And he was like, oh, I do, but hang on. No, no, you better use your own. And I was like, ah, yeah, COVID. So were I'm like, very upset it, about it. Were you like, hey, mate, you've gone in my time capsule, all right? <laughs> you've gone in my time. <laughs> Read it. Oh, I didn't fill that out. Because <laughs> I think like my form was like, I'm not the main house person, so I, I didn't actually have that to put in. What would yeah. I put in the podcast? Maybe, maybe I would have put in this five-minute story that everyone's probably skipped past. Being like, "All right, Dave, get on with it." Is Martha okay? Is the main question I have. Yeah, here. she's fine. Like, I think she's been in those situations, but it's been the like the flipped personality thing of the people that should be handing over the form. Are like, can you come back in ten minutes? Or like, can you come back in nine days? And like, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, okay." So she's just you know being a nice person, and other people what are just being insane. What possessed her to do this? By the way, is she paid for this? I or suggested is it, just some kind of civic duty? <laughs> it was me because a mate of mine's dad was like overseeing the area, so he was just like, "If people want to apply online, there's just it's an easy thing." And she was like, "It was like an in between period of her like starting an internship," and I was just like, "Yeah, it might be easy money." So I'm at fault. It's just escalated into this all-consuming job as she's doing exams. So yeah, me, I'm to blame. Hey, listen, uh, we all, it's all character building, I think, essentially. Yeah, um, sure. I will say one, one more thing before we move on. Uh, it was a nice contrast to the man who delivered my shopping uh, the, on the Friday, uh, because obviously I was ordering online shopping because I can't leave my fucking house. So this guy came to the house and he was like an older fella. And he, at one stage he was like, you living here long? And I was like, yeah, since January. And he was like, <laughs> I used he was like, I used to live around here. And I'm like, okay, like, why do I always attract this? And basically, uh, he then proceeded to tell me, he was like, oh, it's a lot quieter now than it used to be. And I went, I don't know, man, some of those kids get pretty loud. And he goes, nah, he, go, he, he goes, but he goes back in the general's days. And I went, what the fuck is about to happen here? Oh, and he wow. started telling me stories about the general. And then he like, he like pointed around the corner and goes, those flats used to be great until they ran all the drugs through them. As he's handing me my fucking cornflakes, like, and I'm like, all right. Thanks. Were any like ice cream fans involved? I loved hearing about the ice cream fan. <laughs> Wars. I don't know. Was, something to do with some good. kind of tire, some kind of tire slashing scam. To be fair, this man was lovely, and I really enjoyed his company briefly from afar through the door. But he was uh, he was giving me quite the history lesson. Um, 
And if you want to uh, be part of No Encore's education, in other words, patreon.com slash no encore, you can get bonus episodes, you can get previews and playlists. There's a brand new No Ox Chord out now. Not on the Patreon, but on the main feed, there is a course of before the Encore out right now, Adam's production masterclass, in which he speaks to people from the industry. Lots of episodes this month. The boys keep working on hard as it is. That's not even a sentence. Uh, Patreon.com slash noencore if you want to support the show. We'd greatly appreciate it. And we really, really appreciate people who do. Thank you very, very much. And again, if you can't give for whatever reason, that's perfectly fine. Just tell people about the show because I think it's a good show. Let's have a good show. Hit the news. You heard about the good news? Now, how do you follow that for an opener? Do we check back in with the never-ending story that is Dolly Parton and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? She's in, Dave. She's in. She's Hooray. agreed. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has spoken, and we have the official list of inductees. Can I, can I just stop you now for a second? Go ahead. Simon Mayo style. Um, irritant that I am. Adam Shanahan said he would come up with a sting for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is probably the last time we're going to talk about it this year. And then I think he just went on holidays, didn't you, Adam? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Glad we have that hot mic. (laughs) What content? In my my defense, yeah, it's very hot because you're fucking roasting me here on live television or live podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We should do a TV show. I feel like Pat Kenny when your man in the audience is calling him all sorts of names. Oh, Um, that guy's amazing. 900,000, Pat. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah no I, I in fairness in my defense i did not give you a timeline so yeah let's say 20 2023s and how was uh please how, how was the trip to france it looked pretty nice um yes it was excellent it was a lot sunnier it was a lot nicer than it was here um i came back and it was just so overcast and i spent the last four days in like 20 degree heat with like the sun blistering down the whole time it was absolutely stunning treasonous stuff from adam there craig yeah. but what about dolly parton did she in fact bend the knee i think she did right she did yeah um the initial update was that she's like fine if i'm in i'm in and my thinking was like wouldn't it be hilarious if she just ends ends up being a nominee and doesn't get in but um that was i guess <laughs> never going to happen so the latest update is yeah she's part of the list uh i've got the full list here um so let's let's have an old goo at your rock and roll hall of famers <laughs> 2022 <laughs> dolly parton eminem first time of asking uh carly simon eurythmics Duran Duran, lionel richie pat benatar and then we're into Judas Priest getting a Musical Excellence Award. So I presume they're already in or they're just not in, but it's like, ah, yeah, but like you were kind of influential. I don't know. And producers Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who kind of came to prominence working with Janet Jackson in the 80s and 90s. And yeah, quite the group. Interesting, right? (laughs) Um, Is that anyone else's dream festival lineup or just me or... (laughs) It does sound good, doesn't it, actually? It's hard to argue with. I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we've talked about this a million times, it's just a Hall of Fame and it's a Hall of Fame for big established names and fair enough in that regard. Um, and congratulations to, to Dolly Parton, who I have to admit, uh, at this stage, Craig, I'm kind of I'm kind of retrofitting a conspiracy theory that this was all one big publicity stunt from Dolly to make sure she got in. And yeah, worked. I wouldn't put it past her. Um, her statement last week, or her, her words in an interview with NPR, was that um, she would accept it after all. Uh, to quote, it was always my belief that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was for the people in rock music. And I have found out lately that it's not necessarily that. <laughs> kind of sounds a bit barbed. <laughs> But if they can't uh, go there to be recognised, where do they go? 
which is quite existential. And so I felt like I would be taking away from someone that maybe deserved it, certainly more than me, since I never considered myself a rock artist. But obviously, there is more to it than that. And that kind of open-ended closing part of the thing did get me thinking again of like, what kind of is the point of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's just a music hall of fame now. But there is then no real hall of fame for rock music. That probably wouldn't even be relevant anymore, I guess. Um, I, this is the last time I'm going to hijack the show I promise uh, but no, could no. you imagine could you imagine after her release in the statement she didn't get put in she was like what? <laughs> this is what I'm saying it would have been amazing yeah. just to see how, what she came back with like, because you know she would have been asking every yeah. interview I will point out did, um, Kate Bush didn't get in <laughs> did Devo get in? because we had Mark Mothersbaugh talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last week and how he was hoping that they would get in so did no, they not Devo get in? weren't there no unless I'm not seeing Fuck. a full list but did Rage Against the Machine ever get in? They were nominated before and didn't get in. So it's like, how do you, what's the decision-making process on this? Like, what constitutes it? Is it just number of votes by the... Yeah, r- there's a kind okay. of um, a secret of shady organisation, I think, that... Um, Called the Illuminati, I believe, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. That votes on it. I think it's like Gene Simmons and... <laughs> Gene Simmons and, I don't know, who else do you reckon is on it? Like, Sebastian Bach? I'm assuming it's yeah, old yeah. kind of rockers, because... <laughs> Uh, let's have oh, a look. No, I'm just going to double check on Devo because you're right. We need to we need to get to the bottom of this. Did they miss out? They're not mentioned in any news stories. Now I'm feeling very bad for them. They'll be okay. It's a sham. That's, yeah, that's no, I've gone to the news it. section. The last Devo update is Devo three weeks ago saying Richard Branson almost killed us in the Jamaican mountains. So... Don't know what cool. that's about. Why didn't we cover that story at the time? <laughs> um, well, to be fair, I mean, look, it's it's all one big hodgepodge of things, of genres and styles. I mean, like you know, it's 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 rock meeting rap meeting pop meeting new metal, and with that in mind, Craig Fitzpatrick has done the news this week, and I'd like to think that I was there in spirit for this next story. What do you got for us, Craig? Um, an unlikely collaboration here, straight out of the Aerosmith and Run DMC textbook. I think you'll find. Uh, <laughs> Corn, your beloved Corn, have shared footage of themselves singing along to I Want It That Way by, of course, the Backstreet Boys. And the Backstreet Boys, or at least one Backstreet Boy, has responded in kind. And it's all got very friendly online, which I'm not sure about. But we've got some audio, of course. Here's the rendition. Take it away there, Adam. Tell me why it ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why it ain't nothing but a mistake. Sounds more yeah. like a leaked leaked footage of us hammered at Cullum's wedding there. <laughs> Very much does. Um, it continued anyway. So after that, I'm guessing impromptu little sing-along. Maybe they were hammered a bit like us, Dave. Um, they were like not right now. Or something, was it? <laughs> Pardon? They were like a music video shoot or something. They were just goofing around they for TikTok around. or something, fun was for it? the TikTok, yeah. Um, the TikTok. <laughs> they the then shared an image of them um, recreating the cover art of Backstreet Boys' third album, Millennium. I haven't actually looked up and I don't know I don't know what that exactly looks like in the original form. I'm Do you know guess. off the top of your head? Go on. I'm have gonna, a guess I'm as gonna, I look it up. My 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 brain muscle memory is gonna think that it's they're on the front cover all wearing white in an airport or an aircraft hangar. Much You're like the dead video right. for... You're dead right. <laughs> is it? The only one I ever remember is them as puppets. Do you remember? <laughs> that was... That's NSYNC. Is that NSYNC? Yeah, yeah, that's NSYNC. That's what Bye Bye Bye. Song? Oh, Bye Bye Bye, are you sure? Which is the second best NSYNC song after... Oh my God. What's the best NSYNC after song, everybody? Girlfriend? 
Tearing up my heart. Oh, I'm going to stick with girlfriend. You're dead You're right. right. That was them. Um, oh, my apologies to Backstreet Listen, Boys. Like, I know. I know my Circuit 2000 boy band stuff. You certainly also, do. Backstreet I... Boys best song, Backstreet Boys best song was, of course, uh, Everybody until just a few years ago when they released the best song of all time. Don't go breaking my heart. Oh, God. So good. One of the great comebacks. Uh, Adam, Adam, can we just get a little <laughs> blast of the of the chorus of, of Backstreet Boys? You absolutely can. Don't go breaking my heart from a few years ago. Oh, it's so good. Knocked us sideways. Particularly considering, A, it was Backstreet Boys. B, when you see a song called Don't Go Breaking My Heart, you don't exactly go in with high hopes. It's like, it feels like the inspirational well has run dry. And then you hear... Now, Dave, you've been keeping up with Corn probably a bit more than me. Have they written That's a song? Live years ago. Have they written a song as good as that in the past 10, 15 years? No, definitely not. No, okay. um, I haven't really been paying attention with Corn's output per se. I saw them in Toronto there uh, three years ago, and it was a lot of fun. But yeah. they just played the hits, you know. I'd argue that the, they had some really good stuff back in the day, of course. But um, people keep saying, "Oh, return to form," you know. And then they had yeah. a single out recently that I listened to, and it didn't do a lot for me. But you know, they're still going. Fair play They'll to have them. like a Rick Rubin album at some point, which is like revitalizes them, or maybe they already had that. I don't know. <laughs> well, they did that MTV Unplugged thing, of course, which was very divisive, but okay. I kind of put them on the radar. Anyway. What um, if they went full pop? Because they seem to know their Backstreet Boys, <laughs> considering they recreated the cover art. They ha- seem to have this little back and forth going on with Nick Carter, who duetted with um, the cover on TikTok, dressing up as a member of Korn. Um, and captioning, can someone please tell me how to do the hair and makeup? And then you had, had Brian Head Welch's response, Welch's response, which was, what in the TRL is going on around here? Are oh, accounts getting hacked? <laughs> Before praising Carter. Well played, he wrote on Instagram. What is happening? Well played. <laughs> what in the TRL is going on around here is very 2000. That was a nice touch. Um, I think he found religion, though, at some point, Brian Welsh in particular. So, you know, he's obviously a lot more... You know, the days of pop acts and the metal acts sniping at each other are over, Craig. Yeah, Everyone's course. just friends now. It's good to see. It's, it kind of does the heart some good. Um, two tremendous seminal acts, I, I think we can agree. Would we be I'll up be for... Standing, yeah, of course. Would we, we be up for... Uh, I, I don't know if the rest of the Backstreet Boys are on board, but if, if say... Nick Carter was just standing in as like the Lou Reed figure in a Lou Reed Metallica collab. Can you see this <laughs> bearing out over an album? No, I think it needs the full power of both groups. Yeah. I would like to see some kind of um, Backstreet Boys do Freak on a Leash collab or something. But um, like I say, the days of crazy rock bands are over, Craig. Or are they? Well, not quite, Dave. I'll actually, yes, quite. So the Brian Jonestown <laughs> Massacre. <laughs> Um, they've been thanking the police in Portland for their excellent detective work. So I, I came across this story as it was breaking. Um, Anton Newcomb, uh, frontman for the Brian Jones Home Massacre, shared uh, on Twitter that they'd basically been robbed. 40 grand's worth of gear was stolen from them and it has since been recovered. It's a happy story. And to be honest, I kind of just put it in because I loved um, the Portland police just putting out a statement uh, talking about getting it back. 
and just having to make the reference of just like, um, during this abatement, uh, officers recovered five of six stolen guitars and other equipment taken in uh, an April 18th, 2022 theft from the Brian Jonestown Massacre Band <laughs> that was touring in Portland, um, which is cool. Yeah, it was found at a homeless camp um, that had also been the site of a homicide, so getting a bit grim there. But yeah, Newcomb came out and said, we were all eternally grateful to the Portland Police Department for their help in finding our stolen equipment. It has been said that it had been uh, of great sentimental value. However, I am not very sentimental. I use my gear to create music six days a week to feed my family and employ my friends. These are the tools of my craft, no different than a truck full of tools used in construction or any other trade. <laughs> yeah, I think we get it. But, uh, I, love, I love the evolution of Anton Think Newcomb. of a painter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why... He's got the quite easel, the canvas, the brush. He was on, do you remember he was on Newsnight about like, I think it was Newsnight about four or five years ago in a kind of interview that was like looking at him as some like oracle of indie rock and he was given his take on like the financial aspect of things and just like the state of music and he was very considered and like grown up and I'm just like, this is the man, if people don't quite know who we're talking about, who was the wild child in uh, Dig, that kind of infamous documentary where... Brian Jones Hill Massacre were kind of colliding with the Dandy Warhols. Um, and yeah, he was a loose cannon then. He's on the straight and narrow and is, yeah, <laughs> very happy to get his gear back. It's a nice story. It's a nice story. Um, we have four stories left in the news section though, Craig. So you're going to you're, you're gonna have to turn into Quickfire Newsman now and take us through them pretty quickly. You want to do Quickfire or do you want to just pick your fave? They're all kind of interesting in a way. Okay, well, Rod Stewart's been in some pubs. <laughs> in Dublin. No yeah, less. I didn't update this one, but he was in The Gravediggers, was he? On Monday was, or Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't have cheering on it. He got behind the bar. Well, he did this in Glasgow on Sunday. Um, so I hope Rod's all right, but he's been, he's been doing the rounds. He's been serving uh, points to locals. Uh, I just have the updates from Glasgow. Um, the updates. <laughs> Great as, to have spare... As the police, as the police cordon was breached. Great to have spare bartender Rod the Mod Stewart tonight. Is he still known as Rod the Mod? Was he ever known? What is that? I don't know. I guess it's from like the 60s or something. Um, okay. He was joined by two of his sons, Alistair and Aidan. Um, but not his son, Sean, this uh, new story notes. With whom Sorry, he is recently... this entire story, man goes to pub? Like, is that like it's... And works behind the, the bar. Um, yeah, essentially it is. I recently saw a Limmy clip of him um, dissecting Rod Stewart, picking the balls in like... Um, what was the the Scottish Cup? Did you ever see that footage? Oh yeah, 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 yeah very dramatically, yeah. like yeah, getting involved. And Limmy's whole section was just like, "This is a man that's maybe on two or three points." <laughs> you can just tell he does a wonderful <laughs> thing of just like, he's not drunk, but like, <laughs> <laughs> he's getting there. Gets into the minutia of it, which is very good. Let's not get into the minutia of um, his pub visits. Let's get into Anderson Pack with his first feature film, K Pops. It's called, which is a good punning title. I'm kind of liking the plot of this one, Dave, right? So the film, um, which is directed by Anderson Pack, it's starring him. It follows a musician, Pack, who travels to Korea to write for K-pop stars, only to discover that his long-lost son is about to front one of the country's most popular new groups. After attempting to hijack his son's newfound fame to boost his own career, the older musician is forced to confront the importance of fatherhood. Um, how do you feel about this? This will either be really good in that indie movie kind of way, or will be really unfunny, like a James Franco, Seth Rogen mashup or something. I don't know a huge amount about Anderson Pack outside of like deeply adoring his music, but any time I see him, he seems like a man with a, at least a bit of comedic timing. 
um, yeah. certainty, a level of charisma. Oh, no, I'm all in on him. I just don't know about the premise. It sounds a bit kind of, yeah, the more you'd say... Well, it does, it sounds you'd... very hokey as, as you yeah, get into yeah, it a bit. I mean, he does come from Korean heritage and it's something that he's genuinely interested in, at least. That's cool. Well, it just, it, I, you would hope it means we're not going to get a thing of just like, oh, look how different Korea is and let's have fun. Yeah, with, you know, that that's kind the of, fear, that but I guess, yeah, I mean, like... like we the fact could he's be part just... Korean himself and actually is immersed in the culture means that it might have a bit of depth to it. It bodes well, yeah. Well, yeah. fucking, that's, that, that's cool then, yeah. I, I just, my, my mind immediately went to like, ah, it's going to be like rubbish, outdated stereotypes and like... Um, dressed up in this kind of hokey modeling bullshit. But look, we haven't seen a single frame of this. So, you know, I wish him well. I I, I think he's great. Saw him live a few years ago. It was amazing. Haven't got into Silk Sonic, though. I know you're a fan. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, um, it's kind of lightweight. It's throw very pastiche yeah. throwaway, but it's, it's damn good fun. <coughs> just missed the summer, unfortunately. <coughs> Excuse a few me. more stories with us. Um, let's just breeze past Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan returning to Ramsey Street. Neighbours yeah, Day, if you're ever a fan, it's, it's over. I, I was, I was. I, I used to watch Neighbours and Home and Away when I was in school. I'd I watch them on home and away break. Guy. Yeah. Um, and I, I, much like East Enders, I went through like a soap phase for a while. And then one day I was like, fuck this. These stories will never resolve. And it's just miserable. Um, Neighbours and Home and Away were probably a bit more sunny because, you know, it was literally sunnier than it is. I did have a, a, a period Walford. of being in, into East Enders for a very brief period. It was in the... Yeah. Um, Johnny Allen and like St- Steve Days. What's your man's name? Martin Kemp. Martin sorry? Kemp. Martin, yeah. He was tremendous. Ballet fame. Yeah, tremendous. Was, what presence? Sure. In another life, he would be a Hollywood star. But um, he reminds me of Travolta somehow, or something, or maybe some kind of splice of John Travolta and Jason Isaacs, or something. <laughs> yeah, which is a good thing. All right. Speaking of good things. <laughs> But sorry, yeah, Kylie Minogue and Jason Allen are going back to Neighbours to close out the show, which is a, a noble gesture of them. But uh, speaking of good things. Um, Metallica have a whiskey. We probably mentioned it before. It's called Royal <laughs> Well, I fucking, I got, I got trashed on their beer when I went to see them in Paris. So let me tell you. Oh, can you remember the names? Uh, no, I should know this because I you remember Paris. It. <laughs> I, I remember getting so hammered that I nearly broke my foot. Fell in love with some girl on the way out. It was all, it was all happening. Did you but they accidentally this... lock yourself in a bathroom with the lights off or something like that, and you no, that happened when I was in Austria for oh, some hot sorry, press okay. trip. Yeah, that was years ago, and uh, that was a terrifying time. That was a different time. That was when I went to Austria and I got hammered, and it was like at one stage I was behind the bar in some club, and I was like, I, what happened was I, I brushed. Like I, I noticed that like my 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 runners had glass broken glass in them, and yeah. I went to brush it off with my hand, and I cut my hand open, and like next thing you know, the the the, the bar lady is like oh, yeah. dressing my hand, and I'm like, so what time did you get off, baby? <laughs> <laughs> like, you actually say terrible. that? No, I didn't. No, no, no. But I, I flirted <laughs> with her terribly. But it was and she was just like this absolute mess of a human being who has tried to wipe broken glass off his foot with his hand. So yeah, no. Um, and something similar happened in um, in in Paris when I see Metallica. I, I I couldn't get out of the Stade de France, and I was trying to find people, and my phone went dead. And there was this girl who worked there, this woman who worked there, and she was like. I, I guess she was like a fixer or something because she just like everyone knew her like and she just literally took me through the entire stadium like opening up all these doors like she was some kind of medieval dungeon master nice. and it was amazing she was just so charismatic and cool and lovely and beautiful and I was very besotted with this person and I never saw her again I can't remember her name but I'll never forget those t- that time we had together uh, Metallica's drink Metallica's it Ent- whiskey I, I, I think called- their beer yeah, uh, Enter Night, I think, was the name of the beer, possibly. And it was oh, fucking okay. like, it was like 7% or something. It was amazing. But sorry, Enter tell Night's us about the whiskey. Good. This has got a fun. So it's named for um, 
the 84 album Ride the Lightning it's called Rye the Lightning well oh, done lads oh, the thing that caught my eye is that it was apparently sake. yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry apparently... I'm not on mute shit <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm gonna leave that in. That was gold. He spoke for us all. This is gonna, I think, you know, get the same reaction. It was apparently crafted using low hertz frequencies from the band's music to vibrate the barrels. Does that sound like the biggest <laughs> sort of bullshit you've ever heard in your life? What That's would like that when you, do? Yeah, it's like when you see an ad for like a hundred euro football jersey, and it's like you know the dynamic air holes that bring you to altitude levels. Like, okay, I don't think so, mate. There's just pock marks in the yeah, fucking it's jersey. Called, it's called a sonic enhancement process. Um, <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> maybe they'll send us some. I don't know. If you're listening, <laughs> maybe sponsor yeah, the show. I, as a sonic architect, I can tell you there's no sonic enhancement process other than what you do on your laptop. This is bullshit. This is total bullshit. It's good to get that clarification. I mean, Thanks, Adam. Appreciate that. But it certainly makes a change from like Metallica's music being used to torture people in the yeah, Far East the or in the Middle East. Yeah, <laughs> Which is not something that they did. That no, was like no. done by evil torture people in the fucking horrible American military system as opposed to, you know, James Hetfield. I had a dream that just tortured they... Jason Newstead, yeah. I had a dream. Oh, very good. Um, I had a dream tonight that I interviewed James Hetfield and it was really awkward. Um, Were you talking about his bees? No, I can't remember, but it was just very strange. He was very, he was very um, not trusting of me, and I had to try and convince him that I was on the level. Now, this came after, in fairness, I, I, I created a rod for my own back here, a rod steer for my own back, because I listened to St. Anger on vinyl the other day, and I was messaging people about it, being all like, ha, look what I'm listening to, hey. And then that night I had a weird dream about James Hadfield, so I think I manifested it into existence. But um, well, as so for... Maybe the music sonically enhanced your dreams. It might have. Um, as for us getting free Metallica whiskey, I honestly think I've been given the uh, quantity and quota of all the free Metallica booze I will ever get uh, in my life. But I really did make the most of it that night, let me tell you. Well, you had your fun. And speaking of fun, maybe we'll get some <laughs> blood sent to us. Yeah, can we hear from the vampire community, please? Yeah. <clears throat> Dave, this is, this is your baby and I'm glad you added this. Um, yeah, Machine Gun Kelly. Story in today. Yeah, and Megan Follow Fox. up from last week, yeah. The, yeah. the the amazing couple that it, that are MGK and MF, uh, they received words of warning from high profile members of the vampire community, advising them to be careful when drinking each other's blood. I mean, when I saw this this intro, I was like, hey, "Well, fucking Nosferatu has weighed in, has he?" Um, so according to TMZ, um, somebody by the name of Balfazar Ashantison, the co-founder of the New Orleans Vampire Association, or Nova, <laughs> Radio, Radio Nova. Nova. <laughs> <laughs> has now urged the couple to, quote, take proper precautions before drinking their lover's blood, including testing for potential diseases and bloodborne illnesses, which he clarified that vampires are, quote, not immune from. Um, According to... I can definitely imagine Marty Miller and Pat Courtney being vampires. Sure. Um, Well, Marty Miller is eternally young, so, of course. Pat Courtney's been around for 400 years. Um, According to its website, the Nova thing uh, represents the entire continuum of our community, ranging from those who view the vampiric state as a matter of energy, those for whom it is a matter of biology, spirituality, racial identity, or bio-spirituality, Father Sebastian, the founder of the Endless Night Vampire Ball in the same city. I gotta go to that. Yeah has also advised caution, specifically when it comes to the blood's withdrawal, which he says should be done only by medical professionals. Fair play. I, I think fair play for them for, for weighing in on, on the situation. I think we needed some, uh, some sensibility here. I think we needed some kind of voices of reason. And ultimately, you know, I mean, are vampires real? Are they just cannibals? I don't know. All I know is, Craig, 
Let's eat grandma. It's time for our album Yay. review. Here is uh, Happy New Year from Let's Eat Grandma from the new album, Two Ribbons. We're going to take a listen to that and then we're going to review it. chose that section of the song specifically to illustrate the best friendship that Craig and I once shared but now no longer do however it is sad and I'm glad we can agree on that uh, if nothing else but um, one thing I will you know, I, I, I think Craig still has his value and in many ways <laughs> one one, 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 <laughs> one way in particular is uh, the primer segment of No Encore in which Craig discusses and informs about a act that we are reviewing Let's Eat Grandma Craig what do they want who are they and why are they called that um, they're maybe the greatest thing to come out of Norfolk since Alan Partridge Actually, probably, definitely. I don't know much other things that come out of Norfolk. I'm not actually sure on the name. Is the name just from that grammatical thing of just showing where you place a comma? Um, Yeah, my research didn't go that far. It usually does. I feel quite ashamed now. There are two people, though. Rosa Walton and Jenny Hollingworth. Um, Childhood friends um, from Norfolk, as we said, kind of bonded over, like, snail drawings, I believe, when they were four years old. Started making music together when they were 13. And arrived as this like tremendous like unified force um and i think they were still about 16 they were certainly still in college in in 2016 with i gemini um which was this kind of folky psychedelic strange interesting debut i i remember you being quite en- enamored with it at the time dave uh, i think we were just starting the podcast as well and it passed me by slightly um but you had good reason to be enamored i think um they had a, this kind of almost like modern Sid Barrett sound to, to my ears, so like a very kind of English strain of like psychedelia with a big dose of like innocence and childhood themes and a bit of darkness there too. This this rabbit hole you could kind of tumble into in a, the most, I suppose, wonderland sense of the term. Follow-up then um, arrived a couple of years later and it was like them embracing synth pop, um, reining in, I guess, some eccentricities. I'm All Your Ears is the name of that one. Uh, I was listening to it last week. I mean, there's it's still kind of there. Donnie Darko being the closer, all 11 minutes of it is like them still kind of flying the, the freak flag um, in a sense. But again, just kind of a record to get lost in, creating a kind of universe, a real kind of identity. And um, again, just showing that kind of bond they had. So Two Ribbons is four years on. And I guess it's the pair of them as like distinct beings and, you know, still early 20s, but having been through quite a bit, it's them grappling with the wider world um, and bringing the songs maybe to a more direct and universal place. Um, And I think just reading about the making of this record, it kind of stems from um, at the heart of it is this kind of disharmony between the two of them. there was no major rift, but they were having kind of communication difficulties and just growing apart because a lot was going on with them. So Jenny Hollingworth um, lost her partner, Billy Clayton, to, to bone cancer a couple of years ago. Um, he himself was a pop singer. I think he was a kind of Charlie XCX uh, protege. Um, and they were both close to him. So she's been kind of grappling with the, like, you know, non-linear processing of that and just the kind of anger, the acceptance in various orders. And then Rosa, I think, was is the more outgoing one. She moved to London um, 
where, you know, she's been through a breakup. She's kind of, she discovered she was bisexual. Um, I'm not sure if she was mugged or not appreciated in true Partridge fashion, but um, it just kind of split them more apart. And when they regrouped creatively, they found themselves at odds, different wavelengths, um, but still close enough to be like, okay, we can fix this and work through it. So this work has been them um, working on themselves, I guess, uh, the relationship, where they've been, and also the songs separately for the first time. Um, Hollingworth called it like an, an agonizing process, and but also says like, you know, the label were like, don't um, push yourself too much. And she was like, I'm not suffering because of the songs. I am anyway, so I'm just trying to represent that well. Um so yeah, writing separately, which I think is really interesting, but contributing kind of words here and there to each other's work. Um, they've talked about previously lacking the kind of confidence to do that. And I think the arc and kind of accomplishment maybe of this exercise is for me, a spoilers for, for my little portion of the review, but I think it's quite a stun- stunning set of songs. And then conversely, quite a singular whole. Um, I also don't think it's necessary to have all this context going into it because it's, it's probably the most mainstream they've been. And not true, like, design or um, self-conscious direction. I think it's more just maturation, really. Dave, you've immersed yourself in that context. Um, You're far more of a fan of this band than I had previously been. No doubt immersing yourself in the record all week. Um, What were your thoughts? I guess, what's your relationship like with the duo and their music and then your thoughts on the album itself? I'm trying to recall when they first came on my radar because it was the second album, I'm All Ears, in 2018, which okay. I think is a I think is a really good album, and I love a couple of tracks on it in particular. Like I love Ava, and I love the Donnie Darko, which is like I think I put it. Did I put it in when we did long songs, songs over ten minutes? Yeah, I mean, rings a bell. I'd be surprised if I didn't. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's still a bit gammed up. Um, I, yeah, that kind of turned my head on them for sure. And I was like, okay, well, these guys clearly have something. And, you know, you do the thing when you're like, oh, they're sickeningly young and they're on their second album, which I always wonder, is that like a bit fucking patronizing? It probably is. Um, but they're sickeningly young and they're on their third album now. And they've <laughs> clearly got a lot of life under the collar, as Craig has kind of said in his intro. I didn't actually know about the um, some of that context until some of it just now and some of it only this morning. Um, and it didn't really play to, it didn't affect my listening experience. Yeah. Um, my my relationship with them is that I'm I, I'm 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 very I'm, I think I'm fascinated by them in in the in the literal meaning of that word I, th- I think they are a fascinating pair they, their music is quite mesmerizing caught them live at Electric Picnic the last time that that was a thing and they're on some like crappy kind of fucking side stage but they they were cool and I liked their kind of on stage patter and just you, know, you could tell that these guys are best friends you know you could tell yeah. that, that they have a very kind of uh, symbiotic relationship I think they used to say that they were twins, possibly, for a while. Maybe just to kind of fuck with people. Um, So, yeah, so, like, um, when they put out the first single of this Hall of Mirrors, I think, last year, and then I didn't listen to any other singles because I didn't want to, I wanted to wait for the record. And uh, it's funny because I was very pleased to hear you use that phrase, like, stunning set of songs, because I think that this album is the moment where a good band becomes a great one, or at the very least an important one, maybe both. Um, I'm going to find it, very hard. Adam has just in fact confirmed that Donnie Darko was in fact my number four in the Long Songs episode. Go back and listen to that top five if you haven't already. It's a good one. Um, I'm going to jump straight ahead to the title track on this one, which is The Closer, which was a single, which apparently came out in November. Um, and I didn't really hear it until this album came along. So Two Ribbons is the song. And uh, it's 
it's the best song I've heard all year. Um, it's the most affecting song, new song that has completely stopped me in my tracks and hollowed out my soul. Um, and I've been I've been listening to it a lot this week, and I've been finding a lot of touchstones within it. Um, it's very very clear listening to this track, which is I think quite sparse in its kind of production, but beautifully so. Um, and it's such a lament, and I think it's you can apply a lot to it. Um, I found myself thinking quite a lot about um, you know people have lost in different ways um, and different levels. Uh, obviously, you know some recent. Um, issues I've been going through but also you know the classic thing of lost love and um it really really felt like this like this song was written you know like specifically for me and like it felt like it hollowed out my fucking soul I can't get over the the level of um craft on a track like this uh it's so beautiful it's so so beautiful um and that alone is like is enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, these these guys are special. Um, and there's so much more of that on the record. I mean, like even like the track we heard there, "Happy New Year," which opens it, I think is a really fun pop belter. And I love, I love the lyrics. I, I love that they're telling each other how much they mean to each other. I, I think that's such a beautiful thing to do. I mean, like I, I talk often on this show and um i think craig is going to enjoy that i'm somehow going to link this but i am uh, the motion picture once upon a time in hollywood by quentin tarantino Yay! from 2019 because like i love that film of course and i've talked about it numerous times and there's a review of it by a guy called walter Chaw who wrote this stunning stunning review and at the end of it he mentions um he has a line where he says there's not a lot of films about male friendship and i don't know if that's true but maybe there's not a lot of great ones and i don't know if there's not a lot of songs or films about female friendship but this album is clearly about that in a lot of ways and I thought it was just such a great monument to these two people and what they obviously mean to each other and the fact that like you know they had said um with regards to putting this album together because of their different life experiences and such that it, it was the first thing that they had written from their own kind of points of view that they kind of put themselves first and as a result it felt like they were writing letters to each other and that's what the album is and I think that's I, I think that's really fucking it's just such a nice thing and not twee you know not like um, I think like it takes it takes skill and authenticity, whatever whatever that means, to make this kind of thing work. Um, you asked me at the start there, like, what's my relationship with them? And I was going to say that like my relationship is that I I find myself kind of rooting for these guys, and after this album, all the more so. Um, and even if you want to get surface level with this, there are better pop songs on here than the Charlie XCX album that we reviewed recently. Um, but it's just it's such a maturation of of human beings and like i say that title track in particular it's just it it devastated me it 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 it's, it really unlocked so much within me and like i talk constantly on the show about you know the physical reaction that music gives you and i think that ultimately and i know i'm kind of rambling here but like you know the music i've been listening to a lot this year has been older stuff not older stuff like the classics but like you know like my most listened to the song this year as discussed on a recent no ox chord is a track called is it really you by a band called loathe and that song came out two years ago it's going to be my most played song of the year on spotify there's no question of this um and i've been listening to like you know um other stuff as well but like I'm not necessarily going through a, a phase right now where I can't find new stuff that really, really speaks to me. But I have wondered if 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 that is happening. And I saw Owen Murray recently, the great Owen Murray, who writes for The Thin Air and DJ Mag, and once gave us the best comment the show's ever gotten when he said that it, it feels like he's in a beer garden with his friends talking about music. I desperately yeah. hope Owen is still listening to us and still getting that from it. But he, he put up a thing on Twitter, and he's such a nice guy. Uh, he said... Um, 
that he was having a problem with music in terms of it was no longer really doing it for him. And I've, I've, I know people who've gone through that before and I myself have gone through it before and you think it's never going to happen to you and then it does. And in the grand scheme of things, this isn't something that you'd necessarily go to a doctor's office to talk about. But I do think it's important because we talk constantly on this show about the power of music and how important music is to you and, 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 and what it can mean to you on a personal level. Um, and I think I said something to him, like, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm sure a song will come along and knock you out again. And first of all, I really, really hope that's happened for him, because, again, you'll, you'll struggle to find a more passionate person out there when it comes to music. But that it can happen to people who are passionate about music, it can happen to anybody. And I'm not quite there yet, but I have been there. But I am finding it harder and harder to find those kind of moments. And they're rare. I mean, like, maybe they're supposed to be rare. Maybe they're supposed to be fleeting. And maybe it's just all the more important when something does come along and does take you over. And Two Ribbons, the title track from this record... Uh, it's for life, you know, and it's a song about life and it's a song for life and it's clearly a song that means an awful lot to them and I cried listening to it and I loved that I did because it made me think about my dad and it made me think about my ex-girlfriend and it made me think about my own life and just everything and I'm so, so grateful that they wrote this song and put it out into the world and on the whole, I think it's also just a really good fucking album start to finish and uh, so uh, 6 out of 10 uh, for me, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I didn't love it. Um, <laughs> no, genuinely loved it. Um, I, I loved your um, thoughts on it there as well, because I d- that closer is stunning. And I think it encapsulates what they've been getting at throughout the record, which is that brilliant back and forth of them kind of on parallel paths that are, you know, sometimes kind of crossing over, sometimes uh, heading away from each other. But... Um, their kind of spirits on the journey are clearly bolstered by each other. And that's what you get with that closing track, which is just, and it's a good demonstration of like that pastoral, like acoustic side of them, which is, you know, you're a couple of tracks into the record and you're like, this could be all, you know, electro dance floor, you know, confessional bangers. And I'd be happy with that. But we get a lot of light and shade and they do both versions and many other versions just so well. Like, the, as you said, the craft in this is unbelievable. Um, but it is that overall story. Like, I, I think the moment for me, Hall of Mirrors was was for a long time my initial standout. That was, we sometimes talk on, on this um, section about like, or I do anyway, of just like the the, mo- the eureka moment for me where I'm like, I feel like I'm in safe hands. I'm like, this is going to be a big record for me for a long time. And um, I think Hall of Mirrors might have been that, but it's that one-two punch of watching you go, which is dealing with that passing um, and Hollingworth just kind of like ex- getting explicit about her loss. And then you have the expiration of kind of new relationships and this blossoming um, of a future for Rosa on Hall of Mirrors. And it's just, they're both so great in terms of lyrical distillations of what those quite like vague, often confusing feelings can be. And they just kind of nail it in like these great pop lines with bags of melodies and doing different things. But how they rub up against each other, there's moments of kind of friction. Um, But clearly they're kind of stronger together as that final track proves. Um, And I I kept coming back to almost that like mythical thing um, that I think a lot of music fans love of like two creatives who like, you know, can't live with each other, can't live without each other. You know, that's it's kind of like an archetype, Um, that romantic tussle to kind of create brilliance or, you know, um, Morrissey and Mara when Morrissey was Morrissey or Jagger and Richards or Lennon McCartney. I kept thinking about Lennon McCartney actually and how initially they started as this very much... Like that band were this hive mind, they were a unified force, they wrote eyeball to eyeball and they took over the world. But then I think they became better when they were completely writing separately, 
and then, you know, bouncing stuff off each other and maybe there'd be that line that, you know, Paul McCartney needed help with or I always go back to the the line Hey Jude, which is like about John Lennon's son, but written by McCartney, where he, he thought the worst line in it was the movement you need is on your shoulder. And Lennon was like, that's the best line in the whole thing. It brings it all together. And it is. And McCartney was like, oh, yeah, it is. And it's just that kind of those moments of genius, those moments of just emboldening the other person and, and lifting them up and both being such such great talents. I'm sure it's why people love this podcast, you know, myself and yourself at Loggerhead sometimes <laughs> while creating genius. Uh, Look at us. We're, we're, we're passionate enough, Craig, in real time. <laughs> Oliver we're more of a, no, do you know we're more of a poetry these days. Nirvana all the way with Adam. Um, <laughs> but you know, for me, like that was the, always the allure of like the Libertines, like that quote they had where it was like it's. Um, I think Pete said like me and Carl were like two one-legged men that somehow found each other and could suddenly walk upright, um, even when they were kind of burgling each other's flats and stuff. And that can't stand me now. Think of just like. This doesn't have that animosity, of course. There was no fallings out or anger. Um, but there was definitely a, a clear disconnect between the two of them that freaked them out, but then ultimately just kind of strengthened them and brought them back closer together. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we could just get into talking about <laughs> the textures of this. The synths are incredible, how there's just musical idea after musical idea. You're dead right. Like some of these pop songs are just better than any other pop album you'll hear this year. Like these melodies, I'm like, Chris Martin is currently crying out <laughs> for these kind of songs, <laughs> but he's bankrupt, so he doesn't deserve them. And it's like with his cretinous song, song lyrics, it's like, I just kept thinking, I hope they get huge because they yeah. should, like, I want them to be a band that are playing Croke Park. Do you know what I mean? They've got the Well, tunes. that's not going to happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I mean you could, I'm sure they could support Ed Sheeran, but like, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, like, it's it's wild because, I mean, they worked with Sophie, the late great Sophie on yeah. the last record. Faris Bottom of the Horrors has worked with them as well. I mean, like, they're clearly, you know, plugged into a very cool scene and they themselves are cool as well. And like, but yeah, and like, even like when I mentioned the title track one last time, I mean, like, there's kind of the motif in that one. There's like, it's 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 this kind of very washed out, not quite my buddy Valentine, but, you know, kind of like not Millie Miles Wave, even from like what Hatchie did with that song that we loved that year. Um, sure, by Hatchie, yeah, an yeah. incredible fucking song that should have been bigger. Um, that kind of shoegazy thing. But like, it's almost like an alarm is going off in that last track and it's it's just gorgeous. And then like the strumming, like everything in it, it's just like, my God, this is fucking beautiful. And, and I keep using that word, but it is. And, and also like the emotion of it, not to come off the instrumentation side here, but like obviously, you know, listen, emotional and subtext is what gets me going. But like, even in Happy New Year, like just, I, I'm always hit like, like, like a truck by that line when she says, because you know you'll always be my best friend and look at what we made it through. Uh, yeah. I just... I'm getting emotional even right now, like just thinking about it. And like, you know, the, their friendship and, and their thing it reminds me of that film I watched a few months ago, Petit Maman, the amazing Celine Scamma film. Um, and like, you know, I, I, I've been so touched by, 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 by art and by media in the last few months for different reasons and in different ways that I wasn't expecting in some cases when I go to things for them. And um, I'm, I'm all the more appreciative of... of uh, of this kind of a story, I think. And I find mm. myself being like, these guys fucking love each other. And that's really fucking important. And I know, listen, I'm going to be giving out about bad band names now in about two minutes, you know, and like I'm I'm just as quick to, to be snarky about something and give out here in a bit of a kick in. But, you know, my whole life I, I've, I've been told that I hate things. I hate everything. And the truth is I don't hate anything, you know. I, I don't really. I hate bad things, like fucking horrible people who hurt yeah. people, I think. But like... I'm all about, I'd like to think that I'm all about, you know, 
the love, but I, I find it harder to express it sometimes. And I think when uh, Craig smiled there because I said a ridiculous thing, and he should have <laughs> no, smiled no, because just, it was ridiculous. I just had quotes around, I'm all about <laughs> the love. I'm all about the love. Yeah, we're going to edit this down, man. It's going to be, but truthfully, it's like, but like the thing, the stuff in music, and you know, even today, like I, I, I interviewed a guy who worked with Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, and I asked him about working with him, and he was like, he was just such a nice guy, such a lovely fucking guy. And you think about all these people in music, all these lost souls who gave so much and give so much and you you know sometimes you you, you don't stop to think about it you don't stop thinking about these people's lives and uh, these two musicians in particular and Leslie Grandma are very young but it seems that they already lived a lot of life and they're going through a lot of stuff and I think that they've managed to kind of encapsulate it and share it with the world in a way that like you know it's funny you, you mentioned Chris Martin where it's like like I never even thought of that comparison but that's so funny because like he is the old, and like, you know, all due respect to Chris Martin, and I do have time for him. Yeah. But like, there's At just this something. Stage in, of the career, yeah. But there's a natural, innate thing here that I feel like is being gifted to the, to the person who, who tunes into the frequency. And that's, that's what you fucking want for music. So again, six out of 10, check it out if you want to. It's up to you. Are you going to give it a <laughs> <laughs> six out of 10? I'm, well, I'm nervous to give it a score. What, what, what do you think? I'm giving it nine. You're going nine again. Two nines in a fucking row. I know. I, I, t- I was thinking I can't give it an eight just because I gave it a nine last week. Do you know what I mean? I'm, mean, you know, people will be like, "Oh, Craig, just dishing out the nines." So I'm starting to think it's been a good year. And do you know what? My over, like, I've I've tons of notes of like analyzing the tracks and all of that stuff. And it's actually not that important. People can just listen to it. But my main takeaway was just like it wasn't that this is a great record. I kept thinking, like, I'm. There's going to be a point over the next few months. I'm going to really need this record, and I'm glad I have it, and it's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? It's nine for me. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I'm going to go eight point five, despite all of my fucking, you know, Shakespeare on the Heath stuff over here. But like, simply because uh, I find it hard to put numbers on things, and I want to. I, I, I wanted to kind of gestate a bit more, but I, I'd be, you know, I'd be expecting it to be in the conversation at the end of the year. We'll see how that goes. So it's two ribbons. It's Let's Eat Grandma. If you've never listened to them before, get past the bad name and listen to the music, which is not bad. I like the name. <laughs> do you like the name? I don't Adam, know, like, do you like the name? Um, I, uh, no, but I do have a question. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, so, it, like, you really, it came, like, it, it didn't sound like you had anything bad to say about that record. I'm wondering where it lost points. Yeah, I'm not even sure myself because I at one stage I was like, "Is this a seven? Is it an eight? I don't know." I'll come back on it. Like, like scores. Like, this is the part where I'm kind of like, "Yeah, why isn't it a fucking ten based on the reaction I had to it?" But did I just have the reaction to that one track, or like, you know, is there a couple of tracks in here where I where I think it kind of loses the thread a little bit? And like, but if if I do feel that way, and maybe I do, it's because this track X isn't as isn't as phenomenal as track you know Y. You know, it's like I'm probably judging it a bit too harshly but like i mean it's rare i've given it before to like you know tapley for being like i don't give scores and fair enough that's his prerogative and i think he's made a good argument why and you know no one has to give it give a fucking score if they don't want to but i almost don't want to give a score to this album apart from just to extremely recommend it i think i actually i honestly for all my fucking um blabbing i do think craig said the best there when he said I think I'm going to need this album in a few months. I, that, that's the best comment you can pay in it, like any piece of music, right? Like like that you need mm. it, that it's part of your life now. And this album definitely is. So if you want to upgrade my score to a nine, by all means, but for now, it's an 8.5. I just had it. to ask the question because like it, it, it that was, I think probably since I joined the show, the most glowing review of a record we've had. 
Um, well, in the last in Sonic, the last Sonic Paxman over here asking the hard questions. Well, I'm no, just trying to keep it. it I'm just trying to keep them, myself, and everyone grounded. Okay. By the way, Sonic <laughs> Paxman is the name of my new band. <laughs> well, speaking of it, that, then let's get onto some uh, horrible band names, Craig, because that was truly <laughs> awful. Yeah, that's is your um, is your debut EP called "Did You Threaten to Overrule Him, Craig?" Is that how it goes? Beautiful. Yeah, it is now. Nice, yeah. Nice 90s reference there for everyone. Big Newsnight audience, I'm sure we have. So, or what was it Newsnight? It was, yeah. Okay, listen, yeah, right, so it's top five time. We're an hour into the show. Let's add on another hour, shall we, by talking about bad band names. I do want to say at the outset here that um, my name is Dave, and it's a very common name. It's perhaps quite generic. I don't mean that in any kind of bad way, but, you know, everyone knows a Dave. I know loads of them. Some, In fact, three of my best friends, four of my best friends are called Dave in some other capacity. So I'm just saying, you can come at me if you want. Like if, if, I, if I upset you by saying that this band name sucks, I used to be in a band called After the Explosions. Does that work? I don't think so. I think it works. It's I liked what we did. <laughs> Is it? Well, where, where were you guys fucking seven years ago or whatever it was? Um, you, want know the, you want to know the name of my first band? The Crossfire, Dave. It was fucking wow. shit. The Crossfire. Yeah. How about, that's how a, about that? that? screams like Christian rock or something. Um, no, it after screams. After the explosions, I immediately think post-rock. Tasteful post-rock. Yeah, it was and more industrial. seven years ago, um, I believe I was probably listening to the last thing you put together and being like, I like this. <laughs> you saw us live. Um, yeah. The Crossfire sounds like a fucking a bar you wouldn't go into. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? We weren't good yeah. either. So can we kindly move on? Let's move on. Um, it's all very subjective. Now, I will say, I know that Craig has taken a certain approach this week. I, I, I think Craig has gone in from the angle of good like good acts with bad names. Yeah. Is that, is that I, I, I just, I, I was afraid I'd be shooting fish in a barrel, and I would just sure. yeah, floodgates would open. Um, That's fair. But I'm also conscious of the fact. Now we did say we we keep it just talking about you know pretty terrible names, and it will be probably like a one and done. And also, so if we just like, I might sprinkle in some just awful names. From I don't awful think this is a one and done, man. My list. Do you not think? Oh, but like, there might be a part a two, but I, I don't foresee us doing. I don't foresee us doing good band names. That feels a bit vanilla. Oh yeah, no, that's boring. Um, no, um, no, but like I mean, like my approach. I did shoot fish in a barrel. I now what I wanted to do with mine was I wanted to have a top five of acts I refuse to listen to because of what their name is. Unfortunately, only three of my five are that because at a certain okay. point, my my brain just couldn't conjure up two more. But I'm sure they're out there. But I just couldn't. I couldn't make it happen. So at that point, I had to switch my approach and be like, "I'm just going to pick bad band names now." And my God, was I spoiled for choice? I'm pretty happy with what I've gone with. At a certain point, I actually emailed Adam like two days ago, and I was like, "Look, I'm quitting while I'm ahead because otherwise, this will just be a top 100." Um, now there are lots of great bands out there with names that are kind of shite. Maybe you've picked them, so I won't volunteer any right now. But sure. like, I could have done that. But I did this instead. But like I say from the outset, um, and I'll go first this time, um, if that's all right with you, Craig. Yeah, of course, man. I, um, I, you know, like, like, it's all subjective, isn't it? You know, like, it's all subjective. And with that in mind, uh, my first act are an Irish act. So, that's a ham sandwich there on the Late Late Show with the song Illuminate. Now, I just want to clarify, uh, I'm very unadventurous when it comes to food, and I'm actually quite partial to a ham and cheese sandwich myself, but something about this name 
in music, I think is horrendous. Uh, I'm not the only one. Bono apparently famously said, change the name, yeah? Name, and they yeah. said no. Apparently they were going through a bunch of names at a practice session and try to make each other laugh with bad band names. This is the one that stuck somehow and continues to. Um, I've The read spelling a, of it for me. Which, can you explain it's how it's spelled? So it's, uh, well, it's, it's more just, it's one... Um, conjoined word and the two H's um, bookending it are capitalised I believe isn't that correct? That is correct yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just horrible it looks terrible in print uh, I was wondering why you had such a lengthy disclaimer it's like straight in with the Irish accent <laughs> like. but also I mean like so Neil Farrell the front woman of this act actually was on No Encore once years ago when mm. we did back in the revisit days and she seems very nice a very She's sound person her, yeah so I don't. Sure. Yeah. So like, there's every chance there could be someone listening to it from the band. There could be someone who loves the band. There could be someone who hates the band. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, like, I'm just, like, but I, but I, I, but I have to. I have to be honest, and I just say I've never listened to them because of the name. I think it's that bad. I fucking hate it. I hate it so so much. And I know that they get this all the time. I read an interview that they did with the Irish Independent in 2015. And they were saying, like, uh, you know, they, they apparently they had over 60 names when they were going through, you know, joke names. But this is the one that picked, blah, 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 three albums in. Um, and it's like they, they can't get through an interview, you know, uh, these days without it coming up. And it's like, yeah, there's a reason for that. Yeah. It's that bad. Bono was right. I'm sorry. Now, in fairness, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're fine. They sell out the Olympia and stuff. Good for them. But I, I couldn't tell you what they're about because I won't listen to them because it's that bad. That is a big factor in putting this list together of like, would it prevent them from getting listeners? Um, so that's a case in point for you. I had the flip side this week where uh, an act that aren't in my top five because I don't know too much about them, but I, I've now started getting into them because I was looking up bad band names. Diarrhea Planet. I'm not sure if they'll feature in your top five. There's a good Diarrhea God. Planet and they're fantastic. <laughs> Ghost with a Boner, are. check that out. It's really good. Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee. They're actually very good. Um, but they're not my number five. My number five is a band I am selling tickets to go see. Um, it's a rescheduled date, June 8th. I'm not going to be around. So Vicker Street, 70 quid a pop. Um Obviously, that's not face value, but I'm going to make some money. No, no, it'll be face values. But um, on with the clip, I can I can take this to Twitter probably. say I got a real kick out of Craig saying on with the clip like he was some kind of you know aristocratic <laughs> <the> king <laughs> the clip Adam the clip <laughs> that was rolling blackouts coastal fever um I had to look at the name there again, as I always do, because I n- can never get the order right, which is my main problem uh the track is mainland it's brilliant yeah Dave are you selling your ticket because you hate the name so much yeah, exactly, yeah. It's my commitment <laughs> to this section. The president must be set. <laughs> I'm going to be in Primavera. Do you know what? I got the tickets like three years ago and they've been Fuck. rescheduled about six times and it falls when I'm in, in Barcelona. Surely um, they're playing Primavera as well now. They seem like the kind of band you'd see. Do you know what? I think they actually might be on the lineup there, but who, who knows if I get them. They're great though. Um, they're a, a band from Melbourne, um, Australia. They've got like three singer slash guitarists, which I think works really well. Um, they're on Sub Pop, which is a good stamp of approval. And 
Yeah, I've been a fan for about five years. They did a couple of EPs out. Um, initially, talked out in French press, which were brilliant. Just kind of real coiled guitars and like interesting lyrics and just bags of kind of hooks. The name though, Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever. So uh, this isn't here because it's like, totally horrendous or like offensive or even cringe. It's just so deeply unmemorable whilst also requiring a lot of effort. Do you know what I mean? It's like four words, two syllables each. I can never get the order right. I'm always going rolling coastal. It's just jarring completely in my head. And it's prevented me, I think, from spreading the good word about this band. Every time I have, like people have been looking for some tunes or whatever. Some tunes, you're looking for some tunes, eh, mate? (laughs) And I'm like, check these guys out. Without fail, people would be like, what, this name, what? Why can't they change the name? And doing a bit of digging, it would, it basically transpires that it's, it, they kind of did a, a Fontaine's DZ on it. So they had the name, they started getting a bit big and they realised that there was loads of rolling blackouts knocking around, which is just, again, such a tedious kind of name. Um, from the band themselves, when they started, they had rolling blackouts Um they put out the EP in 2016, signed to Ivy League, had to take it a bit more seriously. Um, they knew about the fact they had the exact exact same name as a few other bands, which caused confusion. So apparently they had a song called Coastal Fever based off their guitarist being in Cambodia in a hostel with an unknown virus where he was bedridden. And I'm like, oh, brilliant. That's a nice memory to constantly evoke, along with rolling blackouts. So they they just mashed the whole thing together. Doesn't work. And they've also started doing this thing where they go as like rolling blackouts CF, which is like, that irritates me more than the full name. Because immediately, what does does your mind go to when you hear CF? Oh, you know what it goes to. Craig Fitzpatrick. (laughs) <laughs> obviously it's always of course, of course, yeah. no no um, that, that, that they're basically like gonna rock up at the new camp at the weekend and play Barcelona or something but this is the thing but of course I mean in the English speaking world it would be FC right <laughs> so my mind immediately flips them again even the abbreviation I'm just like that should read Rolling Blackouts FC which would be more fun to, to my mind that's just my Anglophile side coming out I suppose um God, I didn't expect to get that worked up. But yeah, just yeah. it's kind of just a beige band name. They deserve better. They're a great band. Check them out, everyone. Particularly Hope well, Down's the album, which would be a better clearly, band name. Yeah. Yeah, clearly they've, uh, they've lit a fire in you. And now I will light a fire uh, all over this terrible band, who I assume are terrible, but I don't know because I don't listen to them. And here's why. Some nice uh, hipster bullshit there from Foxygen. It's Foxygen, everybody. The song's called San Francisco, but the band are called Foxygen. And I don't think that that's acceptable to you, Craig. No, puns particularly irk me. Actually, do you know what? The one I really do like is the Brian Jones Massacre because I think it fits the band. Like it's, it's kind of knowing and stuff. But this whole wave of, particularly when they came out, it was just, if I see a Joy Orbison, if I see a Foxygen... I'm just instantly like, 
How do you feel about a Dana na 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 Ackroyd? Oh, Dana na 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 Ackroyd. How do you feel about the How do you feel about the pains of being pure at heart? Um, I liked some of their tunes. Twee in like oh, just beyond belief. Um, that one. That's a slightly different one. That's too. That is too mawkish and too heart in a sleeve. Whereas my real problem is with like the Ringo Death Stars of this world where it's a shield of like <laughs> ironic cool. Do you know what I mean? What about, what about Japan droids? Oh, well, I love that band. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So this you're making the, the case thing. that I, the music doesn't work. I, I like work. a pun, but I just, it feels very, the you B-sharps. You start by saying that you hate a pun. Now you're saying I like a pun. The B-sharps No, no, no. I like a pun in my general, like I don't agree with the John Cleese thing of just like its lowest form of comedy. I think actually a, a pun can be great. And I don't agree with John Cleese just in general these days. But, the, you <laughs> no. know, the B-sharps thing of just like, it's a name that at first you find funny and then is increasingly unfunny. And it just okay. becomes, yeah. Anyway, look, Foxygen, right? Um, terrible. Form 2005, <laughs> they're a duo. Um, Jonathan... Radio. No, I thought it was radio. That would have been better. And Jonathan Sam France. Radio. Jonathan Radio and Sam Hi, France. Jonathan Radio. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> They've released six albums, apparently. So here's a Pitchfork interview from 2013 in which uh, they're asked, which one of you came up with the name Foxygen? And Sam France says, it was something my friend said about a guy that she found attractive. She said oh, he was sexy. Oh, me. She said he was <laughs> sexy or hot or that he was her Foxygen or something like that. We were probably about 13. I don't know why, but it's stuck. Oh, well, that's okay if they were 13, but don't don't use the name. I was judging Then her, they're but... asked, do you think people will take you less seriously because of your name <laughs> and the humour in your music? And your man says, no, we take ourselves seriously when it comes to music, but we're also having fun. Then Jonathan Rado, not Radio, says, I've seen some tweets and shit that are like, fuck Foxygen, those fucking hipsters, or you motherfuckers with your little twee bullshit. Um, then they go on and say, uh, I don't really blame anybody... Um, we're trying to, you know, have a little fun with it, put in a little colour, etc. But this was always a go-to for me. And I'm sure I've said this to you numerous times. Like, it was the very much like in that kind of wave of, like, you know, the hype machine and, like, you know, all the cool hipster mm. bands of the mid-tens. And I just saw the name Foxygen and I was like, I can't. I, I, I can't sanction this buffoonery. I can't commit to this. I won't listen to it. So that's two for two now of actually won't listen to and hearing the audio clips that I put together so far for them have been the first time that I've actually engaged and it's the next one coming that's going to make Dave go fucking crazy by the way. Yeah, but anyway. I think you're best you're included that lot. Um, and back into my list where it's that weird thing of me recommending the music wholeheartedly and I thought this name was cool for like five minutes when I was 14 and I've been annoyed by it ever since. Here you go. To the place where I cleared my head of you just for today, I think I'll lie here and dream of you. I've got you under my skin where the rain can get in. But if the sweat pours out, just shout. I'll try to swim and fall in. Song is Uncertain Smile, it's Belter. Um, the band is the quite wonderful The The. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem right there it can look kind of cool in a certain logo but when you ever have to talk about this band and it just means I never do and it's sad because I think they're one of the most slept on acts of the 80s um, I can't I don't think I've ever brought them up in conversation because you have to say oh I'm really into the the <laughs> the 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 I don't know the 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 the, the. maybe it's a problem yeah. with the way I say the word the no, I think I think the problem is with the, the the concoction of the name. At the same time, I kind of respect it for existing. Yeah, there's a level of grudging respect. 
respect. I put this in the same bracket as, um, and I'm annoyed that I have to now say this, chick, 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 which is three exclamation marks. But the bands, and you know, again, clever, clever. And I kind of like, in theory, the idea of, you know, certainly back when they formed, doing something about a bit outside the box and like three exclamation marks. But then they, they suddenly have to go, okay, people need to talk about this band, so we need to come up with a sound. And then they're going around explaining that it's, it's, it's actually chick, chick, chick. And are people saying that? I think that's the first time I've ever said it. <laughs> yeah, chick, chick, chick. And I don't know. It feels like it should be, there should be another way to convey it. Like you just raise your eyebrows three times or something. The the are tremendous, but they're just, Matt Johnson is like the, the sole, um, he's the founding member and it's been a revolving kind of cast of players and he's always talked about how he saw it just as like a kind of band where you know slightly bigger musicians could just jump on board and have some fun and I think he often does himself a disservice um, with the band name and with that kind of revolving door policy because it means you get some great stuff where like Johnny Mark comes on for an album and is brilliant or read a great story this week of um, Jules Holland doing this the piano part the extended kind of outro of this very song and just this incredible moment where he like rocked up like mid 80s Jules Holland um, to the studio in like the dying heat of summer dressed in full letters riding a vintage motorbike went in improv the piano thing and then just walked out the door and people were like what the hell was that I'm like wow Jules Holland's cool but yeah like they're a great band. I feel like there's a, there's a good Guardian, like, you know, that 10 of the best feature. Oh, that's a good entry point for people. I think maybe Google that and check out the... the. Also, impossible to Google. Like, this wasn't a, a concern for them, obviously, back in the 80s, but... My God. I, like, I know what they were going for. I think they formed in, like, 1979, and it was that thing of just, like, every band is the somethings. Um, which says a lot... That's probably another conversation of just, you know, it was already the well had run dry by the late 70s of the something bands and then by like new rock revolution of the 2000s i mean we could get into your hives your vines the shins you oh, know the shins oh considering i know you you have no love whatsoever for that band i think your man is quite a good lyricist and i've got some great stuff but my god imagine going with the shins <laughs> just look at something and be like yeah that's it the shins <laughs> that's my number four <laughs> Okay, deep breath, Craig. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. So Craig's deep sigh gives way to Dave's big rant, which is going to happen on this one now, I would say. I've managed to go almost an entire year without listening to this because I fucking knew it and I was, I, my suspicions were confirmed. Number three, should probably be my number one, but here's my number three in the worst Band's names, <laughs> worst act names. Craig knows what this is, I think. Let's do it. Would you like us to assign someone to butter your muffin? Excuse me. What? Excuse me. What? Hey, you over there on the chaise long in your underwear. What are you doing sitting down? You should be horizontal now. Just horrendous uh it's wet leg sure is the song is called chaise long because of course it is so i i can't remember if i talked about this on no encore or no or no ox chord but 
uh, when I got like when I got the email about this band announcing this band a year ago in June of 2021, when I got the PR email, right? I took one look at the name of the band, Wet Leg. The fact that it was coming with this, like, the double whammy of, it's oh, and the song is called Shay Long, of course it is, Shay's Long, whatever the fuck. Um, I took one look at this and I went, no, I said, no, I know, like, this is, the you, you can't, this is, it's, it's the fucking Tom Hardy in Mad Max gif of, no, no, that's bait, because that's what this is. This is so clearly a hype band being sold and so many of you have fallen hook line and fucking sinker for this and i can't believe it they suck this song is garbage the name is horrendous and like like look, looking at their like their press clippings it's like oh they're on jules holland yeah of course they were um and it's like variety saying like uh was it it's rare that a new group releases two songs and they're both great is that no, true it's not. Like, happens what? every day <laughs> but this is like like this is just the, this is the day. definition like if you were teaching in school this is the definition of a hype band i want to take that class by the way I, I I should be fucking teaching it, uh, and also what's annoying about this is is that like one of the like one of the pair here has a better name than the band Hester Chambers. That's a great name. Like that's much better. Apparently the name comes from the Isle of Wight, and it's like a regional epithet uh, to describe non-islanders on the island, those who had crossed the Solent, which I assume is a river, to enter the Isle were said to have a wet leg from getting off the boat. How cute! Um, it was just the parade though, wasn't it? Of like. Of, of music journalists and, you know, people just, whatever, falling over themselves to proclaim this act as, like, it, it, it's the Emperor's New Clothes. Like, it was just such a instant, weird, um, almost algorithmically defined thing, yeah. a predestined thing. And it's like, I'm sorry, but I've been here before. I've seen this before. And I won't, I won't stand for it because the name is so fucking bad. I've, yeah. And the fact, like, just the couplet, though, Wet Leg, Shays Long, I was like... No. And I listened to the song. I know I know Craig had previously listened to it and wasn't too impressed, but I listened to the song for the purposes of putting the clip together for this episode, and it was worse than I thought it would be. So proud of itself, so smug, so nothing, so empty, so heard before. Fuck this. Yeah, the, my introduction was they kept playing it every day on Six Music when I was like in my Six Music bag before they got rid of Sean Gavney and replaced him with Craig Charles, who, by the way, as an interviewer of acts is the kind of man whose open question is, so tell us about the band name for every act, no matter how well established. Manic Street Preachers, he asks that. <laughs> he should be doing this top five. <laughs> really should. I just Googled um, Wet Leg Band Name, right? Because we're just um, prior to getting into the origin there. That origin story at least has like, okay, there's some basis of it. They've given another explanation though as well, which is like really irritating, right? So... They're they're obviously pulling the fast one, right? But they told um, on the white last year, whatever that is, we were playing a sort of game where we'd make band names out of different emoji combinations. So they just randomly hit the, you know, the the wet like squirting water emoji, which I hate anyway, and the leg, and they're like, "Yep, that's it, wet leg," which is horrendous. Just pathetic. Um, right. I see that they're going to be supporting Harry Styles coming up because it's almost like they've been handpicked or something, and like it's almost like it's a industry really cynical so manufacturing campaign. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. yeah. I mean, seriously, honestly, a lot of people need to have a look at themselves. This is you've been sold a dud. I'm sorry, guys. Okay, back to my mild infurations, um, 
which is just going to, you know, explode yet again, I guess. Re-reviewed <laughs> this guy's last album. We didn't love it. Um, I'm sure you can course correct. He's done a lot of good things. I, I'm a fan of a lot of his albums, but the band name itself was his first major stumble. Got a contentious one. Adam's about to pipe up in a minute, but that is car seat headrest. <laughs> Something soon. Um, Virginia's own. Okay, but, you know, you mentioned Hester Chambers. Um, Will Toledo is a name of a rock star in waiting, and he goes with car seat headrest. Adam, make <laughs> your case for this band name before I get into it. I have no case to make other than the fact that I think it's a good band name. I don't know what it is. I think it's like just the way it like falls out of your mouth. Car seat headrest. Car seat you know, headrest. You can see it. It's another awkward one it. for me. No, like with wet leg and all of that <laughs> other crap. Like you can't. You can like, see. You just, can picture a car seat headrest. to that what you No, I can picture a band called <laughs> yeah, Car Seat Headrest. Image, Craig. You know. Oh, uh, may, maybe you're at a point where it's you know he's released enough stuff that it's just become a like a Radiohead thing or the Beatles, which is another bad band name and. I think that this will be better served as like track number four on your debut album or something. I think it's a song title. It's so, it's the brutality of banality with this. Do you know what I mean? It's just... Sorry, it's not a a professional wrestler, is it? (laughs) Weighing in at 300 pounds. The brutality of banality. You know... Finishing move, car seat headrest. It's just nothingness. It's a submission. The meaning behind this for for Will Toledo is that... um, like he initially self-recorded, uh, you know, famously recorded a lot of stuff himself in his bedroom. It was all DIY stuff. All the albums were like um, called one, two, three, four, till he suddenly started putting out like Teens of Denial and Twin Fantasy and getting really good at naming stuff. Um, but he said he used to record the vocals in his car. Um, so his parents, like he was embarrassed about his parents hearing him sing. So he was just like, oh, car seat headrest. That's the thing I'm leaning against right now. And that explanation, <laughs> my friends, made me hate it even more. Inspiring stuff. And the way he tells the story is clearly him just being like, at the time I just wanted, he said, he, I wanted a blank name. I thought I had some weird m- mysteriousness about my music and I thought it would be great. Um, and now it kind of is, I'm stuck with it. Which is an interesting thing to me because like, I guess that's the case with Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever, which I've just said correctly. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you step blowing up and you're suddenly like, we can't, can we course correct? Can we change the name? We can't at this point. We've got too much cachet. So yeah, car seat headrest it is. I mean, as an origin story, I was, Nickelback were never making my list. Um, it's not a great, I've heard worse names, but I did read um, Chad Kroger's origin story from Nickelback this week. I almost, I, I almost put it in the list, uh, but I felt that it would be too obvious. But you know, please give you know us the, the origin story. story. I do yeah. know the story. So Chad Kroger worked in a, a coffee shop and he would often say, here's your Nickelback for a certain coffee because that was the change. And he's like, do you know what? Nickelback. Is that yeah, the story you perfect. heard? Yeah. Yeah, that's the same story. Uh, Still telling it. Oh, car seat headrest. My apologies, Adam, but my God. 
So, um, I have now run out of the band names I would never listen to. Although I don't know this band and I wouldn't listen to them anyway. But like, yeah, this is, uh, again, it was kind of like a flurry of going through a big list and also just going through my own Spotify and blah, 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 blah. And you, like spoiled for choice. I mean, like the, the, the ones I could have picked but didn't. I mean, like, uh, so, you know, just take, it, it really is take your pick. Uh, but I think that this, this one does stand out. So here is my runner up. Go where the money goes. The inside lingo help me out low And we go where the money goes I want someone We're talkative and talkative And it's so hard When you're shallow as a shower And from what I've heard We're skin up well Her bones strikes her Screams touch her, touch her And she's got the curse <laughs> That's a terrible, terrible song so That's the song... <laughs> Awful. The song is The Curse of Curves. The band. (laughs) (laughs) Fired him out of the cannon into the heart of the sun. The band are called Cute is What We Aim For. Yeah, it is. Just just, our motto. (laughs) It always has been. Cute is what we aim for. Um they were like on that kind of fueled by ramen label and all the lads in the band have like the really shit, you know, oh seven haircut emo. The ironed out to the max. Exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly. Where I'm like, how does this make sense? Like how much work goes into this? How and they all have it like identical. It's horrendous. Um so yeah, it's like Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco had a lot to answer for, essentially. And these guys were, I guess, not one-hit wonders because this was their only big song, I think. Their years active section on Wikipedia is mental. 2005 to 2009, 2010 to 2013, and 2016 to 2020. So they just kept coming back. Um, I found an interview with them. Uh, their front man apparently is called Shant, like S-H-A-A-N-T. Hackian. I, I, I don't know if this is a Shant Hackian is this guy. This guy has name. a star. This guy has a Star Wars name, and he calls his fucking band "Cute" is what we aim for. He should be a oh, Nova. No, it's, he sounds it's like Rogue one of those Hunter, Shant Hackian. He's gonna get you, Mandalorian. So essentially, right? Um, this Chicago Tribune interview, which is uh, hilarious. Like you know how in American newspapers they always start off with like they name where like the thing is taking place. Yeah. So like. Like, in this interview with Cute is What We Aim For, it starts off with Boise, Idaho. It's like, like we're going into a courtroom. Yeah. So I'm going to read out the, I'm going to read a few paragraphs from this interview because it's very kitsch and of its time. Um, <clears throat> so these aren't, these aren't my words. These are the words of a Chicago Tribune scribe. Uh, Before you lift a hand to smack the latest emo buzz band for its nauseous name, please allow cute as what we aim for singer Shant Hackian to explain. (laughs) Dude, we hate it, insists Hackian, who became the band's elder statesman when he turned 20 recently. We hate the name with a passion. Really? asks the journalist. We started this band in my bedroom with a computer. We didn't expect anything to come of it. I didn't expect to be a signed band, let alone put out a record and tour the world. Hopefully, we'll change the name down the road. Hackian says he came up with the band name as a homage to his friends and that cute is what we aim for didn't even say to be classified as emo a genre dictated by young fans pierced fashions and lyrics that often take a slant on high school life cute is what we aim for when a battle of the bands on live journal months after it formed live before journal. the end of the year it had signed to a hot emo label fueled by ramen which has churned out zillion selling bands fallout boy and panic at the disco 
Hakian, who says he hated English class, turns out to be an observant, sassy lyricist. Cute is what we aim for succeeds on clever tracks such as I Put the Metro in Metronome and The Curse of Curves, on which he laments, I want someone provocative and talkative, but it's so hard when you're shallow as a shower. Uh, the CD, which burst from the gates as Fueled by Ramen's fastest seller, has moved more than 70,000 copies since June. Mostly, it appears, to teenage girls enamored by four guys who are barely out of high school themselves. Quote, in this music, it pretty much seems that every fan is a teenage girl, Hakian says. I don't know how there's that many of them. But Hakian, who sounds mature beyond his years, isn't assumed that, quote, hordes of hotties will be in the crowd a couple of years from now. What is happening? This <laughs> guy's writing. That isn't how emo works. And then the quote from your man is, the trend is to make a splash and then you fade away. And I don't want that, but I've got to be prepared for it so it's not such a horrible crash. Uh, it was in the end. And cute is what they aimed for. Yeah, good for them. They're at most uh, a verse written by Pete Wentz, not a band. They're not real yeah. people. <laughs> Again, Fall Out Boy song title, like track nine or something, you know, on oh. fucking From Under the Cork Tree. So there you go. Um, I could have had my pick of anybody, but they made it. That so genre, legacy. like, yeah, did you have, you probably had a shortlist just of that kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, very much. One name that didn't make it, though, was a Canadian band called Finger Eleven. Do you know them? No, I don't. They've got a couple of songs I actually really, really like. Okay. <laughs> but, like, terrible name. Finger 11. Awful. Okay. On to my runner-up. Um, almost didn't get into these guys whatsoever because of their name. Um, and now, I'm really into them. They created one of my most cherished albums, and Dave's already mentioned them. Wonderfully named The House the Heaven Built Bander Japan Droids um, Which You're not expecting That sound When you hear the name Initially You read the name They're a Canadian rock band From Vancouver Celebration Rock Is probably the album I go back to the most uh, From 2012 was their second record um, Kind of a big step Up to my ears Post nothing There's some great stuff on it But they suddenly got Literate And verging on classic rock but in a great like replacements way and yeah I think it's a knockout um, it's been four or five years since the last record which had a lot of great stuff on it but was a bit more polished but Japandroids I mean you're expecting what are you expecting maybe a new rave band like a band that would sit alongside a Hadouken Maybe a and kind of electro, pop, yeah, that kind of thing. Does it offend you? Yeah, who else didn't make my list? Does it offend you? Yeah, was on my short list of actual just terrible names and in bands I didn't like. They were right there alongside um, Hoobastank and the Pigeon Hoobastank, Detectives. Yeah, followed with them. Pigeon Ted, Detectives were on my short list as well. Test Icicles. That's yep. maybe my number one uh, from that list. But yeah, Japan Droids. And I was I was doing my research. I was doing my digging. They've acknowledged that the band name doesn't work whatsoever. There's um, an article from about ten years ago now where yeah they're asked about the name and Brian King from Japandroids is just like the sigh is audible <laughs> through the text, and he's like yeah maybe we would have taken it a little more seriously if we, we knew what was going to happen. But for a band like us, when you name your band, you're looking for a name to just put in the fire to play a show. You're not thinking that anybody is going to know who you are. 
Um, and he kind of goes on to say, yeah, I think there's a lot of bands that have become quite famous that wish they had changed their name if they'd realised they would reach that name level. Um, I mean, Radiohead. That's a stupid band name. It's not cool. It sounds terrible. If those guys had a chance to go back, what would they think? But it's sort of like the band is bigger than the name now. And I'm not sure if Japandroids are because it still irks me because they're so good. And they have such a good aesthetic, kind of. Overall, their vibe is brilliant. From song titles, lyrics, just the look of the group, what they kind of represent. And then the Japandroid sticks out like a sword, Tom. And it's it's the result of compromise, apparently. So they had two band names, um, two man bands. So one of them suggested Sex Androids. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the other one suggested Japanese Scream, which was a nod to what band, Dave? Do you know? Japanese Scream. Uh, it's a lyric. It's a kind of throwaway lyric in a song you like from a band we don't love. Although their uh, last album at, had one song on it you kind of liked. Is it Relative Peppers? No. No, um, they're like the Southern... Um, oh, Kings Leon. Yeah, yeah. The bucket. Because Kings Leon it. could be on this, like, oh, okay, because Kings Leon could be on this list. And like, not to, like, like I think his overall point makes sense, because at a certain point, if a band is successful or it has a bunch of hits, you stop thinking about the name. Like, I don't know what your number one is. I hope, I hope I'm not about to say it, but like Kings Leon, yeah. Nine Inch Nails isn't a good name. We know how much I love them, but it's not a great name, is it? The Killers, terrible name. But like, you don't hear the Killers. You just hear that represents the songs, the band, Block yeah. Party, etc. It's just like, at a certain point, can I can I just shock you? I think this name is totally fine. Japandroids. Oh, yeah. I think the problem for me is like this would be fine if it was in that kind of genre of stuff I'm never going to listen to. But just it doesn't align with it. Doesn't it's not representative of the sound or the band it's whatsoever. Like, it's you a don't think it suits their yeah. It doesn't okay. suit them. It's flippant. It's and also I've kind of I've got a thing about like I'm certainly a person that would you know, has on their fucking wish list, I want to go and see Japan. It sounds amazing. But this thing of like fetishizing Japan is weird to me when bands do it a bit, particularly when it's not connected to anything to do with their music. How do you feel about Tokyo Police Club then, who are from Canada? Not a big fan. Maybe it's a Canadian thing that's going on. Good name. Oh, I thought you meant off the actual act themselves. Yeah, it's a good name. Well, both. I mean, they're they're a fine band. So are these guys. Yeah, I I know what you're saying, but I I don't think it's problematic, but it's not for me to decide, is it? Um, However, I did decide my number one. And I mean, this wasn't my number one until it was. And then I thought, you know what? I have to go with this because it's the hubris, Craig. It's the hubris of this. Oh, the hubris. I've missed those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we go. Match of the Day 2 friendly highlight reel uh, track, Take the Long Road and Walk It. Craig, do you know who this is? Uh, it's not ringing any bells at the moment. Hold UK on. hype band from the late 90s, early 2000s. This would have been from about 2001, 2002, I believe. Didn't quite happen for them. Oh, oh my God. Is it the music? It's the music. <laughs> they called themselves the music. The music. music. And I just, I don't think, it, that goes too far for me. Like, the the, I can get behind as a grand artistic, pretentious, you know, whatever statement. Meta, yeah. 
if you're going to call yourself the music, you have to be a bit better than kind of middle-of-the-road British indie circuit 2002. And I think that this song is perfectly fine and a bit of fun. Uh, and I should say that, you know, they had a bit of a fucking, like, they were definitely being hyped up. I would have seen them in the pages of Q magazine and Enemy. Oh, yeah. Um, the frontman, Robert Harvey, now, like, you know, this is where it gets a bit sad. Um, he did, unfortunately, struggle with a drug addiction. He then beat that and then got addicted to alcohol. So he was... Unfortunately, you know, a story in the music industry of someone who unfortunately succumbed to the things around him. He's still writing songs, though. He's actually like a pop songwriter these days, and he's written some kind of big hitch lately. He was also rumoured to be, um, at one point it was reported that he was going to be like Kasabian's new frontman, but that didn't actually happen. I don't know what happened there. Serge Pizzorno has just taken over that role. Yeah, I think he is, yeah. But like... Yeah, so, like, this this thankfully isn't a story of a guy being completely chewed up and spat out by the industry, but, like, I mean, even then, man, even when I was, you know, whatever age I was in 2002, I was like, this is wild that you would... I can't believe it's I remember, a thing. I, I never listened to them. Like, they because featured in Q. This, I right? was, like, just listening to whatever <laughs> Q recommended, and I was just like, this will not stand. This is... It, it seemed so odd to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it, it seems like something that should actually, there should be some kind of weird law. unspoken rule. Yeah, or law or like collective thing where like, no, no one's going to call themselves that. And if anyone's going to do it, it'll be some fucking like brash American band from like 1985 or something. Do you know what? It, it sounds be... like Jim Morrison's first suggestion <laughs> before oh they were like, God. no, no, try again, Jim. And he's like, the door. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, the, how about the music? <laughs> They're like, no, no, the doors. Precisely. Okay. And again, it's like, like fair play, the ball's on you to do this, but you didn't back it up outside of a couple of tunes that were only okay. And yeah, they were just such a flash in the pan act. And it's just like, I, I, I can't, I can't get over it being signed off on by any label, any marketing department as well. Not to get boring here, but like, you want to talk about not being able to, to Google a band. Yeah. Best of luck. I couldn't find out why they called themselves this because try and Google why is the music called the music? Like, come on. If they and came like, out now, they'd was... have to spell music with a V, which is the... <laughs> yeah, the or like a Z and a K or something. I mean, again, like, there is a part of me that begrudgingly goes, fair play to you, that's mental. But it just seems like an instant career torpedo, especially if the songs aren't quite there and they weren't quite there. So it's just a weird footnote in British indie, you know? In any... What what kind of act could get away with the music? What style of act who? Because I, I immediately jumped to, like, the internet kind of pull off that, right? Because it's knowing and they have a bit of cachet. I still don't yeah. like it, but it's not as bad as the music. Are there any existing bands that could get away with it? Like, could the killers be called the music? It has to be a big stadium act. It okay, so you be. think you can't be, a, it can't be like an underground kind of knowing well, no, thing? Well, like, that like, would be, yeah, you know, like an it alias, would work. like... I, I, yeah, it's one extreme or the other. I think it has to be like bedroom pop or like some kind of cool producer. You know, The Weeknd could have been called The Music when he was in The Shadows, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Is The Weeknd yeah, a good name? Probably not. But like, I mean, you know, or maybe Frank Ocean or something. Got to get my Frank Ocean mention in. Um, Imagine Frank gotta Ocean be, was known as The Music. <laughs> the that, music. Would be, that would be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> we should just refer to him as The Music from now on and never reference <laughs> it again in the show. Let's do it, yeah. yeah. But also, look, it's up for grabs. Maybe it's time for a new one. It's been 20 years, so yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it's out there. Poison Chalice, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, again, the level of hubris, like, I mean, fair play, you gave it a go, but you just... It's it's, it's like watching a character, like, in a film who's not quite the guy, you know, who takes on the villain and gets, like, struck down in, like, two moves, you yeah, know? Yeah, but then yeah. there's another person to come behind them who will come along and do it. And we need who that person is. Could be Frank Ocean. Yeah. If Frank Ocean rebrands as the music, I want, like... 
I want some kind of 10% fee or something. But um, Yeah, but the Music <laughs> Mark so one, a noble failure, you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you went in two-footed. I'm glad you went with that kind of selection process because um, I don't think I can compete. Um, be, because my number one, I had to go for what is the biggest disparity between brilliance, particularly in lyricism, and then fucking just dreadfulness of the name. So here is my number one. You could probably guess. So when you gaze planets from outer space Does it wipe that stupid look off of your face? I saw this aura over the battleground states I lost the money, lost the keys But I'm still handcuffed to the briefcase Arctic Monkeys, American sports from Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino, which I still maintain is the best thing they've ever done. Um, and they've done a lot of very, very good things. And Alex Turner is a very talented man. You clamber into one of his songs and it's just like, you know, sinking into a good book. He's just one of the great lyricists for me at the moment. And he is lumbered forevermore with the Arctic Monkeys. And this is really, really bad the more I think about it. It's it's not Pigeon Detectives bad, but considering their size, considering the fact, again, to get into like how you you cut it and get a nickname out of it. And they're, they're kind of, they've become kind of like the monkeys to their fans, but there's already a band called the monkeys and they spelled it cooler and, you know, fair play to the monkeys. And uh, most importantly, Alex Turner hates it. Um, so doing a bit of digging yeah there's a story of Alex Turner has revealed that he thinks Arctic Monkeys is a bad name for a band <laughs> he was talking to Q Magazine uh, to quote this is the first band I've been in a lot of people in bands have a few goes at it before they find the one that works but with us we all started playing guitar and everything at the same time there might have been other ideas for offshoots at the time but the Monkeys was the first one sounds like a first band name doesn't it it's so bad that the tribute bands don't sound worse <laughs> I saw there's an AirTex Monkeys. That's pretty clever. And he dubbed his mate, uh, guitarist Jamie Cook, and it's saying he came up with the name. But he's never told the rest of the band where it came from. So they were in school, and he was like, lads, you're getting into guitar music now, and I've always wanted to be in a band called the Arctic Monkeys. And they're like, okay, I guess. And it's just... I think my one of my main problems... I have so many problems, but it just means nothing, uh, clearly. The word Arctic is an awkward word, Right. Yeah, it's you like, kind of want to say the way Arctic, you say it, don't you? Do you know what I mean? You're, you're leaning so, to the sea. You're stumbling over the first couple of letters immediately. Then the fo- it doesn't follow true. Alex Turner has gone on to say he's taken some solace in the fact that John Cooper Clark, his hero, who is a poet and has done some good work, was just like kind of interested and was like, yeah, I think that's a good name. Um, that convinced him to keep it. So bad work, John Cooper Clark. What do you think? <laughs> Arctic Monkeys, will you let it slide? They've surpassed like 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 they're in that bracket. You don't hear it, yeah. It doesn't matter, yeah. Like like I mean, no, it's a terrible name. There's very little question about that. Um, But it never. I think they made such an instant impact. They became massive on the first album that it just didn't matter. It simply did not matter. Like it was, you thought about. I I bet you look good in the dance floor before you thought about the name, and then you thought about subsequent songs and. You know, even Alex Turner, I think, managed to kind of just stand out enough to be its own kind of whatever. It, it never seemed to be a stumbling block. It never seemed to be a thing. It was more of a weird rejoinder. Where people were just kind of like, shame about the name, though. But 
man, they're so good. And like, the, like they were so yeah. exciting. And like, you know, like they were a genuine, like if you weren't, you know, <laughs> if you weren't around in 2006, baby. Uh, <laughs> it's all kicking off. Yeah. But it really, Blo- they, they were blogs, <laughs> the whole punk thing was happening. <laughs> they were a belt from the blue. And it yeah. was just that thing of like, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It, it, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect number one selection, but it also does kind of illustrate how, easy in some respects it is to surpass this kind of thing and how not easy in other cases yeah we had a conversation on this very podcast recently enough where we're like about the horrors it might have been a no ox court uh, patreon.com forward slash no encore um where we were saying that the horrors actually i like as a name but it's so kind of incongruous with like what they kind of do and where what they became Mm -hmm. that it's like would they be a bigger more mainstream band it hasn't affected people that are deeply into music they love the horrors but would they be if the horrors had been, I don't know, the killers or something else, would they now be a different tier band in terms of popularity? Has that hobbled? I don't think so. I don't no. think so. No, I mean, like they should be bigger. And like a song like "Something to Remember Me By" obviously, you know, shows you that that should be the biggest song in the world. But for yeah. some reason, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't control the fucking the industry, yeah, man. So basically, like, I mean, what like, you're saying like, is, good luck, let's eat grandma. <laughs> Yeah, best luck, wet leg, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know, see how it goes. That's the show, that's the top five, that's no encore, and, you know, what, like, when it comes to names, like, sometimes you just gotta go back to, like, you know, that guy in the Bible, and the decisions that he made, Craig, and that's why Sonic Architect Adam is, in fact, our very own, um, I don't even know. He's our first man, is what he is. He's our first man, there we go. I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) <laughs> it's a great name, as is Shanahan. Like Adam Shanahan. Flows I've got the, off I've the, got the worst name of the three of us because people can't no, pronounce my one syllable name. That's the problem with Craig. my name. Yeah, some people call you Craig. Particularly if you go to America, it's Craig all the way down. Hey, and Craig. Craig is just a bad Greg. You don't want to be a Craig. You want to be a Craig. <laughs> Craig oh. is fine. Um, I've got the most cumbersome surname because I don't even fully know how to pronounce it properly. Dave Hanratty. Dave what Hanratty. What was the way Carol from Radio Nova? No, another Nova callback used to used to say it when you're on. I don't remember. David Hanratty. She just had Hanratty. a very pronounced oh, ratty. Oh yeah, 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 she did. Like that, yeah. yeah, Dave Hanratty. Um, I don't know. Like I, I don't know how to pronounce my surname. I, I, I never know how to pronounce it. I, I'm always apologising for it, but I shouldn't because it's you my dad's watch. name and he ruled. So good for him. Um, Somber way to end the show there. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. You waited this long. You made it this far. Dave, we still got you. Dave got you hand ready. Um, and if if you want to get more content for, from us, you can over at patreon.com slash no encore. We'd love to have you over there. Please <laughs> tell people. Oh, I'm sorry, hold on. Let's <laughs> bring this to a, halt, a screeching halt. You just linked got a good word got and get. What a link. I love it. <laughs> Tremendous. That is, it gets no better than that. I know, and I'm still not even 100%. I'm more like 55% at this stage. Um, uh, I enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. Greatly appreciate it. Tell your friends, much love. Stay safe. Don't get COVID. It's not good. Do check out the Let's Eat Grandma record. And I guess we're back next week with something else. We'll decide what that is in the days to come. And you can get a preview at patreon.com slash noencore. My name is Dave Hanready. I managed to say it this time. His name is Craig Fitzpatrick, not Craig. Adam Shanahan also on board. This is No Encore. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. Have an amazing weekend or week or whatever it is when you listen to this. Love you. Bye, 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 bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.